Hey everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always are my good buddies. It's the Brothers of Destruction. This is Nate. Hey, this is Billy. Good good uh, morning, evening, afternoon. Whenever the hell you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> and in case we don't hear from you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> good lifetime. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are you doing this week? Yeah, it's not been a bad week, man. Just trying to ease back into being a normal, productive member of society. <laughs> What's that like? You no longer got the disease, yeah. huh? Being a normal member of society. Man, that must be nice. <laughs> like I, I as normal know. as one like me can be. <laughs> oh, so you're, so you're you look lying. pretty That's good you... cosplay as a normal guy. That's what it is, though. <laughs> it is a costume. <laughs> it's your work sona. My work sona. No kidding. So that's me. I just either be playing Nintendo games or at the gym. So <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> the Pokemon gym. The Pokemon gym. <laughs> there you go. You could be that guy, but instead of instead of Legend of Zelda, you could do Pokemon. God, now I'm just imagining a Machoke on the leg press, and it's a wonderful mental image. <laughs> See, I'm picturing Nate just like pumping a bunch of weight, then going over and sitting down and like petting his turtle. Like, you're a squirtle. I mean, what the fuck? Like, it's like, oh, and I guess petting is squirtle. I don't mean that as a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Anyway, that's off the, off the rails already. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, real quick, I want to uh, go ahead and, and touch on this. Um, I am part of a fantasy league this year and it's not what you think like fantasy sports right it's about fantasy it's for video games video game releases now i'm gonna give a quick run through because i would like to gauge interest from our community because if anybody thinks that this is cool i'd like to set this up for maybe us to do and because i don't mind being in two you know what i'm saying and i would really like i think it would be a cool little community thing to do over the year now my buddy mike set this up um with a group that we play with um it's like my other group from Game Buds. Um, we, we do. And everyone basically met up, and there's this website. It's called uh, fantasycritic.games. Now, the way it works is everybody you know joins. You can pick your uh, your publisher name. So, like, I'm representing Steamy and the Steam Machine. I got Steam Machines banging gaming, because if there's two things we love in this world, it's banging and gaming. That's what's up. Right? And there's a draft. Now, this would be the part with our community, because I know a bunch of us live in different parts of the world, um, that might be like um, harder to do. But I do have a solution for this. But we get together for the draft, and it goes in order, and it's a snake. So, like, for instance, I got drawn to go first. So it went me, and then everybody else, and then when it got to the last person, that person pick, picks, and then they choose again, and then it goes backwards, back up to me. And then I choose twice, and then it goes back. So that's how it, the draft does. But the whole point is you're trying to pick games that are coming out this year that you think will do well. Now, the point basis is 70 on Open Critic. Because Open Critic doesn't, is only uh, critic reviews. It doesn't let people come in and do the thing like Metacritic does, where sometimes Metacritic can be very skewed with review bombs and things like that. So your base score is 70. So say, I used this as an example earlier, say there was a new Doom game coming out, right? And Willie had it in his, you know, he, that's, boom, that's his first draft pick. When that game comes out, if it scores it would be. higher than a 70, 
any point higher than a 70 is one point. So if it was an 85, Willie would get 15 points. But if it was below a 70, then he could lose points up to 20 because obviously there's way more you can go down than you can go up. So you can lose up to 20 points. So after everybody does the draft, you get six picks. Then you can start bidding. And everybody has a budget of $100. It's fake money, so no one's actually throwing money at this. Um, and um, let's say Ori and the Whimsical Forest, number three, or whatever. You know, I don't know what the hell it's going to be. It's going it's to come out. And all three of us want to bid on it. And Nate's like, man, I really want this game. I'm going to bid $10. I'm like, now we don't know what each other's bids are. Now keep that in mind. So I'm like, hmm, I like that. Oh. So I'm going to bid $7. And Willie's like, man, I bet they're going to bet pretty high, but maybe they won't, so I'm going to bet $5. At the end of the week, everyone bids come through. Nate would get the winning bid, and he would get the game into his portfolio. That was the word I was trying to think of. And then you build up to 15. So you get 15 total, but you only draft six. Is it like a normal auction where we just all bid, and then whoever wins also pays? Or is it like a penny auction where you lose your bid money no matter what? Oh, no. Your money only deducts if you... Okay. Received that, then I think you get you get it. Okay, yeah. cool. Just just double checking because otherwise, like the strategy would get weird. No, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. But you, no, you only it takes the money if you are the highest bidder and you win. Um, now with the draft, my situation, the thing that I have, if anybody's interested in this, if timing is weird, if you're on the other side of the world and you don't want to wake up in the crack of dawn to do it with us late at night. Or, you know, if we're doing it during the day and it's in the middle of the night for you guys and you don't want to stay up. If you send me a list of games. Now, this is if we decide to do this. So, I'll, this will be a discussion in the Discord this week. Uh, Bit.ly slash TSMP Discord. All capital letters. Come and join the Discord. I want to gauge reaction on this. If we do this, you can send me a list of games that you want. And I will, in good faith, do what, you know do your draft for you. Um, I won't cheat you because I don't want anybody to be mad at me. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it as fair as possible. But I really think this would be a cool thing for all of us to kind of just, oh, I got I got eight points with this game came out. And it's like, oh, damn, I, you know, such and such, yada, yada, yada. We'll hash it out there in the week. So just for an example, my draft picks that I got, I got to go first. So obviously, before anybody else could take it, I picked Elden Ring. Because that game... Everyone and their mother is excited for that game who's a Dark Souls fan. And there's a lot of those people. So I took that. Um, I also took Starfield. A lot of Dark Souls fans' mothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they want their kids to shut the fuck up about Elden Ring, so they're just ready for it to come out. True, true. true. <laughs> I also got Starfield, which is a gamble, but I, I love Bethesda, so you know me. I had to grab Starfield. <laughs> uh, I managed to snag Total War Warhammer 3, which is probably going to net me some decent points. Uh, I got Ollie Ollie World. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and everybody took a, well, I say everybody, but everyone has one that they considered their gamble. Mine was the Callisto Protocol, because that's made by the guy who did the first Dead Space, but it's only scheduled, its release date is 2022. There is no actual date, so that's my gamble. But the way this works is, throughout the year, you have one time that you can drop a game for no reason. So say you're looking at a game and the reviews are coming out and you're like, eh, the early reviews look shitty. You can drop it. You can also you also have one drop for games that are just like, say, I'll use Doom again as an example. There's a new Doom game coming out, 
but it's been delayed till 2023. Willie could be like, oh, damn, okay. But he has that drop, so he could drop that game. So you get two drops, one for no reason, one for a game that's not coming out. Okay. Um, so the goal is that we are trying to predict games that will be good. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be critical. Yeah. You're trying to... But like, oh, okay. You're just trying to get the best games that you can in your portfolio. That way, at the end of the year, you have the most points. And you are based on the reviews at the website open. And you would be crowned the Steam Machine champion of the the fantasy league or whatever. Um, but like I said, those are my games. Um, King Jezza ended up snagging uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo Seven. Here's his gamble: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. It's a good gamble, right? But I don't it's think a, it's, it's a good out. gamble. <laughs> Like, I also, probably would have gambled oh, you don't on, think it's like, gonna come out at all Hollow this year? Knight Silk Song, which because I don't think oh. it's gonna come out either. Isn't it supposed it to is, though? So like at this point, revenge, but I don't have faith in these companies right now. <laughs> so he he took a couple more gambles with uh, Lord of the Rings Gollum and all elite all elite wrestling the game. Oh wow! I think Lord of the Rings ga- uh, Gollum is going to be really either really good or really awful. Like that game is going to either be like plus plus fifteen or minus twenty for him. Yeah, I think I think I consider it a gamble because I'm not sure it's coming out this year. I, I don't know. But he also got Advanced Wars 1 and 2 reboot, which should be a decent catch for him. That seems smart, yeah. Um, Cody got Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope, uh, Splatoon 3, Tunic Stray, Wanderer, and his gamble is a game called Choo Choo Charles. Have either of you heard of Choo Choo Charles? No. I have no idea what that is. It is a fucking horror game about a train that oh, is actually a spider. I have seen that. Yes, I actually have seen that. And he is convinced that that is going to be his winner like that is going to take him to the moon <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't be incredibly surprised if it does do extremely well because you have like those games come out like no one expected much out of like the first five nights at freddy's or it's true what's that one um something's playhouse something's funhouse like the weird blue oh it was like happy hamburgers oh dang it i can't remember the name of it yeah that's good can you describe it a little bit nate bear in the big blue house uh, Spooky's House of Jump Scares. Um, hold on. It here's a picture of him. God bless it. Bendy and the Ink Machine. No, hold on. Huh. Poppy Playtime. Okay. And that one's uh, kind of blown up this year, or at the end of last year. But my thing is, is it gonna is it gonna get critically reviewed well, or is or is it gonna blow up on Twitch? Yeah, that's the question. Yeah. Um, it's probably my, gonna blow up on Twitch. I. That was my thing when we were when he drafted it. I said, "Oh, bro, that's gonna be huge on Twitch and YouTube." Despite what the critics might think of it, <laughs> um, Mike, the guy who set this up, uh, he went pretty dangerous with some of his. He did Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild two as his first pick. Uh, yeah, also not sure about that one coming out this year. Even I don't know. I, I that it's one of those games that has been delayed, and I expect it to get delayed again. Um, when I was choosing games, I was wrong. We were allowed to pick expansion packs. So oh, well, shit. he did uh, Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course, uh, Sea of Stars, uh, replaced Haunted Chocolatier, which I didn't even think of. That's the new Stardew Valley guy game. Oh, yeah. And a memoir blue. Um, Steph, uh, Madoc and Queen, did Kirby and the Forgotten Land, God of War Ragnarok, A Plague Tale Requiem, Hogwarts Legacy, Martha is Dead, and Ghostwire Tokyo. So she is right behind me I, i'm leading in the leaderboard for projected points and she is behind me by like point twelve points or something like that it's wild um organ donor 
which I think is another Jeremy, did uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which I thought he unate. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited um, for that one. That'll definitely a, come out. <laughs> yeah, that one's definitely coming out for sure, and I want it. I might have to get it with some birthday money, um, because it comes out. A, a I would week be I would be shocked if that like it would be. That's a blue chip stock too. There's like very little chance of it doing anything other than start you know absolutely banging out review scores. Now, he he's a bastard because his next choice was Stalker Two: Heart of Chernobyl, and I was pissed. I was like, damn it, I wanted that game so bad. <laughs> um, yeah. he did take some gambles, Sonic Frontiers, and Diablo Immortal, which is the phone game. Oh wow, the phone game. Yeah, that is a risk. I don't know about that. So then he did. S- I feel like trusting in Sonic is enough of a risk. I I want that game to be awesome, but that's what we've said about every Sonic game for decades. But you know what I hope for Sonic Frontiers? Because the one thing that keeps screwing them is being so dead set hardcore on their timelines. The game's not scheduled to come out until holiday of this year. I hope it gets delayed. If it yeah. gets delayed, I will have a lot of faith in it. Yeah. And I will say, if it gets delayed, then it gets counted as, like, if he doesn't use his drop or whatever, if it just doesn't come out, it gets counted as a 70, so you just get zero points. Okay. So it doesn't count against you or for you. Um, but his big gamble, I think even more than Sonic Frontiers, and this was my counter pick, and I'll explain counter picks in a second. Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. <sighs> yeah. I'm here to kill yeah. chaos. <laughs> chaos. So... And then there was two more, and it was Phil G. He grabbed Hollow Knight Silk Song. Was his first pick, which again, Nate made me think of you. <laughs> um, Forspoken. I do believe it's coming. Salt and Sacrifice. That's good. And here's where he oh he took two gambles. Now that I'm looking, the rumored Metal Gear Solid remake. Jeez. Wait. Oh yeah, remakes are fine. That's right. Sorry. Yeah, remakes are fine. Um, and I will hash out the nitty gritty details if everyone's interested. So get back with me on that in the Discord, like I said. Um, and then his other two were Redfall and Babylon's Fall. Now, I had Babylon's Fall on my list until I did some research about it and saw it was one of those games-as-a-service games and took it off my list. He did not know that, and I waited until he locked it in to tell him that <laughs> <laughs> because I'm an asshole, but uh, I was like, yeah. Um, and then Chad, last but not least, uh, he did Triangle Strategy, Dying Light 2, Windjammers 2, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, which is a great name. And by the way, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, if you haven't looked it up, that's done by the people who did uh, Jet Set Radio. Oh, wow. Oh, And it's like skateboarding and parkour and all kinds of stuff. It looks awesome. And then he did uh, Metal Slug Tactics and Bayonetta 3. Pretty solid. That is, uh, yeah, that that actually sounds like the, uh, if everyone has a surprise flop that kills their score, that playlist is just going to sail. Yeah, I think because I don't see anything on that one having like us. There's not going to be a dead flop in that. All these are going to be at least pretty good games. Yeah, I agree. He doesn't have any like his lowest projected points are Windjammers two, which is three. But when Windjammers is gonna, I mean, the original Windjammers is a cult hit. I don't know how much everyone remembers it, but uh, I don't know. I I I kind of believe in Windjammers two too. So. Quickly, I'll go over counter picks and then we can move on. Um, counter picks are basically um, you are hoping that the game does bad and you get one. So, say I'll use Doom again as an example. Doom comes out and I counter pick it. For every point, Doom gets over seventy. Like you, like I said, you get points, right? So you say it's eighty-five, like like I did earlier. You would get fifteen points. I would lose fifteen. Oh points. damn, that's a <laughs> that's a cool mechanic. I like that idea. But. 
if your counter pick, if that game comes out and it's complete ass, every point that they lose, you gain. So my counter pick was Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, right? Uh, Mighty Thorami, his counter pick is Babylon's Fall. Uh, Cody's is Hogwarts Legacy because he just said that's a safe bet. It's not coming out. So you get no points. I get no points. <laughs> that was that was his dunk on that. Um, Mike counterpicked Sonic Frontiers. Reasonable. Um, Steph counterpicked Diablo Immortal. <laughs> Jeremy from Oregon counterpicked Starfield. Uh, mm. Philly G counterpicked Choo Choo Charles and Chad. I because he thinks it's not coming out. Chad counterpicked God of War Ragnarok, and I told him that that is ballsy because if that does come out, then he is going to lose a ton of points. <laughs> <laughs> because those God of War games are like, they know what they're doing by now. Yeah. So if any of this sounds interesting to you listeners, I would love to do one of these with our, our like our people too. Um, and I I'm gonna give like updates periodically throughout like who's gained points, yada yada yada. And I would love to add our community, and it would be like a little thing for us to update us as well. So it'd be cool. Um, because like this, yeah. this was done for a different community, but I don't think that community is covering it. So I want to give it some coverage. So. Maybe it'll bring us a couple new years too. Yeah, never know. But yeah, if you uh, if you, we end up getting some interest from the community for this, I would definitely end up playing with you guys. Like that actually does sound pretty interesting. Now they like I fully understand the bidding during the year mechanic, which yeah, uh, yeah, because otherwise, like I was I understood the draft when you first explained it, but so you bid during the year also when yeah. new games are announced to see who gets those games until you have a full portfolio. Yeah, you have a uh, nine times or nine games that you can bid on. I mean, you can bid on it as many as you want, but you have nine slots. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. And like uh, spoilers, one of the things I bid on, because by the time this episode comes out, it won't matter. Uh, I bid on the next Star Wars The Old Republic expansion, The Sith Lords, because those tend to do pretty well. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, anyway, yeah, get with us. Uh, Bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters. Come join in on the fun. And, uh, gentlemen, I do believe that you guys, uh, this week started a new endeavor, well, not a new endeavor, but, uh, re- rekindled an old endeavor, I should say. Would you like to inform me about this? Because it's a game that I have no knowledge about. Should we start from the very beginning then, or? Yeah, sure. All right. So, uh, we've recently started playing Dead Cells again after dropping the game for about 18 months. And in that time, the game has been dramatically changed. This game was originally an early access release, and um, it uh, has received a lot of major updates since it was released. But, uh, I don't know, Nate, do you want to try to explain what the uh, gist of Dead Cells is? Like, the elevator pitch for the game? Yeah, so Dead Cells is basically a uh, roguelite Metroidvania type of game. And so all the levels are procedurally generated in it. And you're basically trying to get through each stage to get to the boss levels and progress and beat the final boss at some point. Uh, the interesting mechanic about it is there's branching paths that can lead to different bosses. As you upgrade your character, you get all sorts of different weapons and abilities to be able to reach other spots in the game. For instance, there's a kind of like a wall jump mechanic that you get later on that lets you access stages that you couldn't get to before. Um, also... It's hard as balls. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've heard about it, it is that it's hard as fuck. <laughs> it has uh, the uh, the kind of, uh, if you've played Hades, you might know that combination of uh, long-term 
purchases for the game and then things you're doing for your character per run. Yep. It's got a very similar uh, vibe to that where it's like you're trying to save stuff up for future runs, but you're also trying to accomplish stuff in this run and you got a lot of calculus you can do while building. Is this like a uh, like a 20XX, 30XX almost style? Or is it uh, the combat a little different than that? Well, the, the combat is... Um, I would kind of describe it as feeling kind of like... Um, it, it feels kind of like a Castlevania game, like uh, a 2D Castlevania. I'd say it was the closest, like the the new the the more newer one, like the the Symphony of the Night style ones, not like the you know NES yeah. ones. But it also uses combat mechanics, like from like it has a lot of Dark Souls influences in the combat mechanics. As there's like shield parrying, there's dodge rolls with vulnerability frames. Um, the over the course of the game, you collect cells, which you know that's kind of your soul's equivalent. Except instead of being able to retrieve them when you die, you just lost them all. So you want to try to carry them to the end of the stage and use them, or try to carry them through the next boss where you can use them for a more powerful permanent upgrade. So that's why I've always heard it referred to as the two D Dark Souls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it it definitely invites that comparison. Like. It, it sounds like if someone was making a game to ma- to mess with me, telling me, "Hey, we've made a game that is Castlevania and it's Dark Souls, and it's a roguelike. Like it's it's ridiculous, but it's really good." There's a there's a game that I have on a, and I, I want to get back to that in a minute, but I'm just trying to remember. I had it on PS4, and I'm blanking on it. But it was a game where it was like really gritty, uh, bloody, hard as fuck metal playing, but it was 2D. And it reminded me a lot of Castlevania, and I'm kind of getting the vibe that this game probably had about the same level of difficulty. It's just fucking hard until you figure out what you need to do to progress, like, as far as getting around the enemies and things like that. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about this game, too, is the the levels that are procedurally generated each time, but the, like, there's a structure to it to where, like... Every time you enter the game, you always enter a stage called the Prisoner's Quarters. And the Prisoner's Quarters has a certain group of enemies that can pull from every time. The map will be different every time, but it'll always be Prisoner's Quarters enemies. And then when you get to the end of Prisoner's Quarters, you'll always go to either uh, the uh, Promenade of the Condemned or the Toxic Sewers. And those levels will always have the same enemy grouping and the same kind of obstacles, but in a different configuration each time and so like the game keeps itself fresh by never giving you the same exact stage twice but it gives you stuff you can learn each time you confront yeah. it okay that makes sense and then of course when you beat the game you get the option to increase the difficulty and that's up to five times so, like if you beat it on the first difficulty you unlock the second difficulty and then you can if you beat the first, diffi- the second difficulty, you can unlock the third difficulty, so on and so forth. So, like, if you do get to the point where the difficulty is feels too easy for you, it's not going to feel too easy for you on the next little difficulty level. Like, it takes a lot of learning to get good, and like, it it does a lot of funny references to other games too. Like, it's really clever in the way it's designed. Like, there's this one, um, because there's like, um, what do you call them? like lore rooms that you can go into and there's one that's very rare but i've seen it a couple times in my old playthroughs if you go into it it just has like the sword in the fire and there's an inscription on the wall and you read the inscription on the wall and it just says get good (laughs) g-i-t-g-u-d well one of my favorites is definitely that like you can occasionally run into a room where there is a like dead dude with a some kind of weird parasite all over his face and he's got a crowbar and that's where you pick up the crowbar 
uh, the crowbar blueprint for the first time, and it's the room is clearly supposed to be a reference to um, uh, Half Life. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. And then in more recent ones, they actually explicitly got crossovers going. So they actually reached out to six other indie game devs and brought actual elements from their games into it. So there's weaponry in the newest updates from Hollow Knight, Hyper Light Drifter, Blasphemous, and a couple others. Um, yeah, like Guacamelee is Skull. one of them. Guacamelee, right? Which is a game I really want to play really bad. I have it on um, Steam and I really want to get around to it at some point. Guacamelee? Yeah. I had that on PS3, PS4. Oh, it was fun. I never got far in it, but it was fun. Because from what I gather about it, it's kind of like a uh, Metroidvania-style game where you have like combos. Like You can input combos into the game, which seemed like a really cool mechanic to me. But yeah, Dead Cells has been a blast, man. Like We've both gotten into it. I think I've beaten the first difficulty so far, and Willie just today, while I was at work, decided to go and beat the second difficulty, so he's actually ahead of me right now. <laughs> oh, damn. You guys making it... One last. Now, is it one that y'all play together, or are you kind of just both playing it and then comparing? Just playing it and comparing so, notes, yeah. Okay. We used to play a lot separately, but we... Uh, he played from he played more and he played better. He he's still gotten way further in the game than I have, but we decided to start new files because the game does support having multiple slots in the game. So we just started over from the beginning, and I think it was like my twenty second run is when I uh, beat difficulty level one. So, uh, or one is in after zero. So two two the yeah. second difficulty. Level. I'm not sure how many runs I've done since we started again. Thing. I don't think it's as many as you yet, but. I think you're on about 10 to 12. But it was kind of funny because we, we started playing it again and we both, I loaded it up a few days after he did because he was like, he got me into wanting to play it again. So I'm playing on the first difficulty level and I beat it on my first run. And Willie was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably because when you start you're, the first time, you don't even get any starter weapons. You literally start with rusty sword and wooden board and that is it. Like a literal wooden board? Yeah, it's your shield, but it's just like a plank. It it does nothing when you block so, stuff. So with they it. took sword and board literally. Then, <laughs> yes, I love it, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to find this game that I'm thinking of because I really think both of you would enjoy it, and I cannot fucking find Aww, it. It's driving me crazy. It is. Just found it. Hell yeah! <laughs> Timing. I, it's called Slain Back from Hell. Hmm. I don't remember that one. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's a little indie ditty. It's uh, it's fun though. It it reminds me like the graphics are like if you took SNES graphics and but just made them now almost. It's pretty cool. Um, it is on Steam. Uh, elements of elements it's of the visual style in this game would not be completely out of place in Dead Cells. Honestly, yeah, now I'm looking at it. Yeah, that, that okay. So cool. I wasn't off then with the vibe that you okay. No, not at all. That this is pretty close actually. No, it looks like this game. This game's hard as fuck. Right? You know I like it's right up your alley. Mania. I know, <laughs> right up your pooper. In fact, similar games you've played, Hollow Knight. <laughs> right <laughs> there, you go. Which, speaking of, we saw that quite a bit the other night, but uh, sometimes not for the right reasons. I feel, um, Nate, would you like to talk about uh, your what I deemed the Nate Mystery Key Extravaganza? <laughs> yeah, so like, we were actually on the on a call. Me and Willie and Dalton were on a call together, and. Uh, we were talking about that draft that he brought up earlier. And while we were talking about it, I just went over to Fanatical and saw that they had a thing where you could buy um, 10 
Steam keys for like six ninety nine, and so I was like, you know what? We got done talking about all the draft stuff. So like, guys, you want to watch while I open these and see what all I get? And they're like, yeah, sure, why not? So we do that. I'm not going to go into the games first. I had such a good time doing it. I think I ended up doing it what two or three more times. I ended up with like thirty or forty new. You did thirty total. You did thirty, 30 total, total games. openings, and it was ridiculous because I got some really cool stuff. Like and like, it was just fun opening them while the guys were on the phone watching the screen with me because they were like reacting to the games I was getting as I got them as well. It was just a really yeah. fun experience, and I got some legit good games from it, like games that I had wanted just hadn't bought yet. Like I got Trine One and Two, like. It was funny because oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I got those back to back. Yeah, you, you got yeah. the trying. You were like, "Oh hell yeah, I got trying!" And then you open the next one. You're like, "Try too!" <laughs> yeah, it was like hilarious to me. <laughs> and then um, I got Tomb Raider: The Last Revelation, which Dalton got super excited about because you know Dalton's a Lara Croft fanboy. <laughs> yeah, I love Tomb Raider. Grew up with that shit. And one that really stuck out to me that I got was called Toy Box Turbos, which. Yes. It's basically Micro Machines, but modern. Like, if you played the old Micro Machines video games, it's basically that. And I'm really excited. It's even by Code yeah. Masters. Yeah. So I'm really excited to it give looks, that a shot it, at some point. Like, when you started the trailer, I was looking at it like, that seems pretty cool. And then they showed, like, the little breakfast table with Cheerios marking the lines of the track. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is straight up Micro Machines for the NES, but back. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, you also got the one that looks like Outrun. Outrun. Uh, it's like the uh, the racing game, but it wasn't up. It was more like uh, down. Oh, shit. I have it. I can't think of the name of it. We have a couple of racing. I think it was only called something like Hot Shot Racing or something that like that. That might have been what it was, was Hot Shot yeah. Racing. Yeah, I'd already had a copy of Hot Shot Racing. I think all of us have that at this point. So yeah, I, I was going to say, I think that copy you gave to uh, Willie. No, and and I, have, I, think, I, I think I got two copies of it while I was opening them, so I have another one that I'm going to give away at oh. some point. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I know um, you gave me uh, Demetrius, the big cynical adventure, Star Wolves, um, Orwell, and steve jackson's sorcery four which i already had parts one two and three so that com- i think completed that for me and uh dead in bermuda which i played the other day and that is a very interesting game nice yeah and some of the other ones i got was stealth inc 2 which is a sequel to stealth bastard which is a game i already had so i was like oh yeah that's pretty cool um, one that looked really funny like a bunch of it's called strike force kitty <laughs> definitely never heard of it that one looked really cool um and then trying to scroll through a few more of these. Not need to give you. You got at one point. You got one called New Star Soccer, which looked like a stupid mobile game. You're like, okay, whatever. And then I'm like, hey, uh, this is actually a game I play on my phone all the time. I would literally play this game if you gave it <laughs> yeah, to so me. I immediately gave that key to you. Yeah. <laughs> and then another one I got that Dalton got super excited about, and I'm pretty pumped about this one too. Was Just Cause Two. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. to try that one out at some point. So that's a game I never played. The one Those that, games are a fucking blast. <laughs> yeah, I really want to try the Just Cause series, so I'm, I'm looking forward to your first impressions on it, because you can do some bonkers shit in those games. Yeah, then I got this one that I didn't know what it was when I first opened it, and then I looked into it, and it's like, whoa, this looks awesome. It's a Metroidvania by Square called Forgotten Anne, so I'm really interested to look into, start playing that one and see what that one's all about, because Metroidvania yeah, and The art Square. style. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. The art style was really cool. Yeah, it was definitely that. really cute. And then also got this one that looked really cool to me called 
10 second ninja x which is kind of like a platforming game where you have to do all the levels in 10 seconds so hey i'm a speedrunner that likes platformers that just seems right up my alley <laughs> yeah right yeah it's challenge platforming in the same vein as like your uh, super meat boy or your n plus yeah. and then the last one that i got pretty excited about because i'd never heard of this game and this one i think deserved its comparison well hopefully to hollow knight it's called three thousandth three thousandth duel and it's a um metroidvania that looks really sick dude and i'm excited that game about looks sweet that yeah that game looks sweet that as art style was, yeah it looked really amazing and then like it showed all the different weapons and stuff you can use and like if we hadn't started playing dead cells again recently that one might have yeah. done it <laughs> and so here in a little bit i'll probably do some giveaways for the podcast because i have extra keys now for reventure hob and hotshot racing and I tried to give this one away over the Tadpog Game Buds Discord. I'm not sure if anyone took it or not. So I might have a copy of Garfield Kart, <laughs> that yeah. Furious Racing, which is fun and stupid. And if anybody it's, wants it, I'm happy to give that one out now because it's, it, it's more fun than it has any right to be. Yeah, I just want to spread the love on that one. <laughs> For sure. I uh, Before I forget, I want to give a quick shout out. <clears throat> to our buddy Santos. Um, I don't know when it's coming, and I don't know what it is, but he said that he sent me a box with 10 PC games in it. That'd be awesome, dude. I'm, I'm and looking I'm forward to hearing what all you got. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to get you guys on camera like this so we can do the oh, mystery yeah. key, but it'll be pulling the boxes out like... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun. I'm still hoping um, you get Barbie Horse Adventures. Me too. Hell yeah! The ultimate game. Dude, I used to know some girls when I was younger, and they had some sort of Barbie dress-up game on their computer. And I used to play with them. It was fun. Nice. Yeah, you just play picking outfits. I mean, gaming is a yeah, gaming is a social activity, man. Like, I don't know. I I love that when people are like, "This game is not my demographic per se," but you know what, man? Let's fucking let's just have some fun. Like, I love that. Absolutely. It's me. That's me with Gardic phone. (laughs) It's like. I'm not a drawer. May not be a visual art guy, but the game is so fun when we do it. Um, I Oh man, yeah, we. We played some of that garlic. Was it last week? Or? It was last week, yeah. I think it was last week, yeah. So fun doing the animation mode. That, was that turned out to be quite fun. fun. Like, all of those ended up being gifts that I think got saved. It was it was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. I snagged a couple HD games this this week. HD releases. Nice. Actually, uh, okay. So I got Stronghold HD because I've always seen that that game is super highly reviewed on Steam. And it's always on sale for like a dollar ninety nine. So if I finally was just like, all right, I'll pay two dollars and see what this is about. Um, so Serious Sam, the first encounter and the second encounter HD were on sale. So I, I snagged right. those because we have the upcoming, you know, for episode one hundred. I, I want to do Serious Sam. I wish I would have thought about that while Which that one was are we on doing? sale. I wish I would have thought about that. Are we doing one of the encounters? Uh, or? I want. Yeah, I was going to do the uh, the second encounter. Um. Okay. It might still be on sale, Nate, but I'll check. I'll check later. Okay. Um, but I got that, and then the one that's going to be interesting, and I got it strictly because of everything I've always heard about it. So on GOG, they released the definitive, like, upgraded edition of Saya no Uta, the Song of Saya, which is a really, apparently, like, really fucked up and, like, emotionally devastating visual novel. <laughs> Have fun with that. Um, <laughs> and 
Isn't that like the kind of like Lovecraftian? It's got some. Thing? It's got some. Like from what I've played of the original back in the day, it's like this guy gets into a car wreck, and then like everything he sees when he doesn't take his, I think he's taking medication, but when he doesn't take medication, he sees everything as like this gross, horrific, disgusting, just amalgamation of hell almost around him, except for this one girl who is, I think, Saya. And he sees her as normal. And I think it's just, apparently the story gets really fucked up from there. But it's written by the dude who does an, an anime that you had said that... Oh, yeah, you mentioned this. I, I think it's the uh, dude who does uh, Madoka Magica, yeah. right? Yeah, that guy. Okay. So it could be... Which is, it's a really fucked up story. But, like, a really cool, like, ow, I really enjoyed the show. But it it's a, it's a weird one. It gets... It gets heartbreaking, basically. Yeah. So that might be one that uh, I don't subject you guys to unless you want to play it. I might play it in my own time, maybe do a little Patreon about it or something. Because I think that that game leans into some adult stuff that, while I don't care about playing adult type stuff, I don't know if everybody wants to hear about that on the main feed. So I might keep that stuff to the uh, the Patreon. But cool. But yeah, so it, it uh, that's just things that I snagged this week. Um, now. Before we get to it, is there anything... It's that show called Things He Snagged This Week. <laughs> um, is there anything else you guys would like to touch on before we get to our game of the week? I think it's time for those O-dubs, my dude. All right, let's dive into the O-dubs this week. The obligatory Wikipedia bullshit for Yoku's Island Express. It's a short one. I could read this entire Wikipedia right now if I wanted to, and it wouldn't take that long. Yoku's Island Express is a platforming pinball... Adventure video game developed by Swedish studio Villa Gorilla and published by Team 17. Uh, the studio's debut project, the game was released in 2018 for the Nintendo Switch, Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. In Yoku's Island Express, players control Yoku, a dung beetle, who becomes a postmaster as he arrives at the fish- fictional island of Mokumana. Uh, the player is tasked with saving the island from a looming calamity and the island's deity figure is attacked. Yeah. A game by Gorilla. Ah, I forgot. <laughs> You're just a game <laughs> Villa by Gorilla. Villa Gorilla. Villa Gorilla. <laughs> Villa Gorilla. Um, so what, what were you guys' first impressions? Uh, let's start with Cute. Cute. It's so cute. It's got the charming ukulele music with the chants that I don't know if it's an actual, like, I can't tell if it's like an actual language or if they're kind of just doing like islandy sounding music or whatever. But like, it's, I don't know, the moment you get in there, it's very cute. It's very, I hate, we say charming for like half of these games sometimes. And it's, I don't know. It's what it is though. It really is though. What about you, Nate? What were your first impressions of it? Yeah, it was really pleasant at first. Like going into the game, it was just nice. And then. You know, it was cool seeing how you started interacting with all the pinball mechanics as you played. And it just had a really, really strong start for the game for me. I really enjoyed the beginning of the game a lot. Yeah, I'm in that same boat where it was like when I loaded it up, I saw the animation style and how it looked and everything. I was like, oh, okay, this looks really cute. You know, this is this is cool. And then the music started and I really, that's my favorite thing about this game is the, the soundtrack. It was wonderful. Um, and then I started playing, and I was like, okay, so I can dig pinball. This is fun. Um, but then, like, as I kept playing, you know, my, my first impressions slowly faded away. 
Um, but I guess before we get to that point, like making your way up to the first little village and all of that is super fun and how they introduce the, like you said, like where you start to figure out like, okay, so this trigger moves the blue, uh, flap and this one moves the yellow flap and there's some that are both and either trigger makes them work and it was, it was kind of cool but uh i'm but i'm not the i'm not the metroidvania uh, uh platformer person so i'm gonna like leave the nitty-gritty details quote-unquote to uh mr nate as far as how this translated to him because i know that you're really into these style of games so like the more time you put into it like yeah how did it go yeah so you know like i said as when the game started, I was really enjoying it, and I thought it was a blast. And full disclosure, I did beat the game, so there's that much I can say for it as well. Um, By beat, you mean reached the basic ending? You suspect? There's yeah, a I do true think there's ending, a true right? ending that I haven't gotten to, but um, okay, that's the point I meant to. That just that's why I yeah, wanted to ask. So I definitely um, was really enjoying it. But the further you get into the game, I feel like the more it gets into a lot of unpleasant backtracking like you have to go back and forth and back and forth a lot and it feels more like a fetch quest in a lot of regards than a standard metroidvania type game um i felt like to like you do eventually unlock a sort of fast travel mechanic but even with that backtracking in this game does involve you playing a lot of pinball and it gets weirdly frustrating at times it is a game about exploration it should usually a lot of those games like in hollow knight it feels great to move back through places you've already been in this game it is a little annoying sometimes not the first time. The first time you see a place, it's usually wonderful. It's when you have to go back through it for the fourth time that you're like, okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, and even the fast travel mechanic, which is called the beelines in this game, where you like basically you shoot from one cannon to another to another, it takes such a long time to get places, even with that mechanic, because it animates yeah. it all the way. So like, if you're shooting from one side of the map to the other, you have to hit a bunch of different cannons on the way, and it's fully animated from one cannon to the other, so you actually see your character fly from one cannon to the other. And it's faster than brown movement speed, but it still takes a long time. And not only that, you have to remember which trigger shoots the cannon in which direction, because God forbid you hit the wrong trigger and it shoots you back the direction you came, and then you have to turn it around and shoot yourself back the other way again. And the most irritating thing Some about of them do turn that yeah. was there were points where you know you think you can just mash the left trigger to keep going in the direction you want to. But at some point, nope. like, it shoots you up, and then you have to shoot yourself with the right trigger to keep going in that same direction as you were going before. Like, technically, you're going right now, but you have to put... It just doesn't... It just didn't yeah. feel good. It didn't feel good. There was there was one on the blue line, especially. There was, like, a long animation directly after a place you could accidentally turn yourself back yep. around. Yeah. And one of the things that bothered me, too, with you talking about getting around, and it's like, eventually, it's like, oh, we have to play pinball again, was... It wouldn't have been so bad if the areas to move through the pinball, like, they made it a little easier. But if you had to go through certain areas where there's, like, one pathway on the way out and you have to hit it in a certain mm. spot to get through that path to go through there, it's like, dude, you couldn't have made this a little easier since I got through it the first time. It drives me crazy. Yeah, like, the game the game provides you with little shortcuts. You push over wooden, uh, wooden stakes, basically, and they become shortcuts for the rest of the game. But it doesn't provide you with... I think enough shortcuts to skip locomotion that you've already done, you know? 
also, I didn't realize it was a dung beetle, and we we're totally pushing around a ball poo the whole time. <laughs> Just saying. They call it a stone all they want or whatever they call it. You could dye it whatever color you want. If you dye it three colors at a time, it turns yep. into a ball of dung. Does it really? Yep. Motherfucker, yep. well, there you go. I didn't... I know. I could not... Man, okay, so, speaking of dyeing your balls... <laughs> <laughs> hey! Um, I found that place to do that, and she's like, yeah, just bring me this stuff, and I'll dye your ball for you, and I never found anything to dye my ball with. Never. Yeah, some of them were definitely kind of I obscurely hidden. Like, I found three total in my playthrough. But you found, I found like, like, basically a dark one, a green one, and a red I one. I found um, a green, a red, and a... I think it called pretty. I think it was like a sparkly one. Okay, you had pretty. I had spooky oh, okay, instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I guess it's probably a good idea to dive into some of like because as a Metroidvania, it does have upgrades that you get through the course of the game that are helpful. Yeah. Um, the first one that you come across, you come across it really fast. It's called the Noisemaker, which is basically um, one of those little party popper kazoo things, and then you yeah. just use that to like. Um, interact with the environment essentially so you use it to break open um jugs that might contain fruit because you collect fruit which is your currency in this game and the noisemaker is a good mechanic too because like you don't have a regular jump button because pinball replaces jumps bumpers replace your jumping but the button that you probably would be trying to press to jump is noisemaker so like if you just kind of want to cuss in the game for a moment you can just kind of (laughs) go Like, it lets you express yourself, and I thought that was kind of it delightful. It does, for sure. Um, and then another one that you get pretty early on is you find this little bumblebee called Kickback. And what Kickback does is sometimes when you're playing pinball, it'll appear in the um, stage area that you're shooting your pinball around in, and it'll guard it'll the guard sinkhole, the sinkhole basically. for you so that you can't lose your ball for until you hit Kickback and Kickback leaves, and then it's back to the same thing. Now, he's covering up, like, the thorns. Yeah. it's like, if you fall on the thorns, you take damage. Now, I didn't ever see, like, a health bar or anything, but every now and then, I would fall into the thorns enough times that it would give me, like, a quote-unquote death screen. Yeah. It was the creepiest thing in the whole game. It really was. And, like, I don't know what it was alluding <laughs> to or anything like that. I never... Me neither. I, I think I saw it twice while it was playing through. Yeah, I hit an ominous one when I hit it 10 times and when I hit it 30 yeah, times. Yeah, so... But I didn't know what it yeah, meant. I, it felt like it was building to, like, if you hit the thorns a hundred times, something yeah, bad will happen. Yeah, it's, it looked like a, like a, a conglomeration of, like, souls in a... <laughs> it was just... It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, what happens when you fall through those thorns at the bottom of the pinball is you lose a couple pieces of fruit, and then you can just shoot yourself back up into the play area. Um, one thing that was kind of... I feel like it did okay was... I don't think you were... Because there's basically three areas you really had to get to, because story is in this game that um there's something called the god slayer is that right the god slayer yeah, yeah the god slayer that is, the is like basically trying to destroy the god of the island and the god is a physical manifestation that you can visit and see and you can see where it left a scar on it and you're basically trying to get the um three elders of the island together so that you can perform a ritual to heal the um god of the island so you have to make your way to these three different elders. And one thing I thought that the game did well was I felt like, I'm not sure entirely, but you could visit them in a different order. Like you didn't have to go to the first one first, the second one second, and the third one third. I felt like it gave you the ability to reach them and get the abilities there that would help you later, but you didn't necessarily need. Um, 
to progress. So I thought that was one thing the game did fairly well. I, I'm not sure what what order did you go so, through first? Did, like I took the, the I did the uh, the one on the far right thing the the gang the gang first. Like, go ahead, Don. Well, you, you, I just want to say before you guys start going into this, I want a full disclosure. I beat the space guy. And then I quit. I didn't play anymore after that. So Wait, you did the space one first. Yeah, that was so, the hardest void. Okay, in that case, <laughs> yeah, there's there's no order this game. Then okay, that that completely ameliorates my point. Because I was gonna say I thought it was you had to do the one on the right first, then the one kind of up on the left, and then the that top is the one. order I did it in. And I think that's kind of the order it pushes you in. I think Dalton went into heavy exploration mode. <laughs> oh yeah. I was just trying to see what all the map had, man. Yeah, because I did go to the left first, but I felt like I was doing things out of order. So I ended up turning around and going back and doing it in what I thought the suggested order of the game was. Because I'd fully intended on beating this game after looking how long it took to beat on how long to beat. Um, so I guess another mechanic in this game that you can get to is there's slugs. And you can get the slug vacuum. Yeah. Which this mechanic I felt like it was a little bit irritating, but basically what it did was you could get a slug and suck it up into your vacuum, and then you could hit breakable bricks with it to get into different areas. So I think that was... Fucking hated it. Yeah, that was not a fun mechanic for me either. And I just felt like that was... I think that was the only forced place you had to go, because I think that's where you had to go first in the game in order to progress. Yeah. I I do think that this is also one of the problems of the game is... uh, I think the initial concept of pinball and platforming is pure and good, and they knew that, but they didn't want to make a linear platforming game, so they knew they had to make a Metroidvania, and to make a Metroidvania, they had to come up with, uh, you know, uh, abilities that let you progress the actual world, and I think the abilities you gain over the course of the game are not executed as well as the other main core mechanics. I... Because I think the slug vacuum is irritating. Because first you have to hit a slug summoner. Then you have to hit the slug to vacuum it up. Then you have to hit the block that's been sitting there. But if there you take too long, your slug will explode before you get to the block. Yeah, and then you have to get another Yeah, you one. only get about 15 seconds. So if you're not terrifically good at pinball, this game gets frustrating early on. And that does not let up. And in my like honest opinion, <clears throat> I think this game would have been a lot better had it been its same theme, same style, same characters, everything, right? But a level-based pinball game where they told the story through pinball levels, I think would have been really fucking good. That's literally what I was about to propose. And something I only really thought about about 10 seconds before we started to record was just if they got rid of the nonlinear aspects of this game and just had it be a level-based half platformer, mm-hmm. half pinball game where you beat level 1-3 and you never have to see 1-3 yeah, again. would have been a better game. This game? Yeah. Yeah. You know what did a good job of that? Creavers. I know we keep coming <laughs> back to that, but like Creavers had a lot of mechanics that you built on as you went. But there was no Metroidvania aspect to it. It was like once you beat the level, you moved on to the next level. Yeah, and I think that's the hard thing about Metroidvanias is making sure that when you're developing it, that the map feels good to navigate. And yeah. I've played games like this one that fail at it, and games that I feel like did it excellently, like Hollow Knight. Yeah. Um, I just, dude, I didn't have any drive to beat this. Like... I almost felt like like it must have been how you felt when you were playing through Battle Chef Brigade and you were just like, dude, this is just not for me. Yeah, I can completely understand just, that. Because I was just like, man. I feel like I had oh, the game that this... Oh, sorry, COVID, I was going to say, I, just, I had fun with it until I didn't. You know what I mean? And it was like, at, yeah. at that point, I'm like, 
if I continue to play this, my score is just going to get lower. And I know that like people, maybe it's just not for me. So I just quit playing it. Yeah. I mean, because if it's not for me, I'm just going to quit. Yeah. <laughs> the game this game reminded me of most was a, a an indie freeware game from, I think, 2008-ish. I'll look it up real quick before I just talk out my ass, actually. Well, we like it when you talk out of your ass. It's like Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> 2006. Uh, that's actually what I was going to say first. I doubted myself. There was a game called Within a Deep Forest made by the same guy that did Knit and Knit Stories. And uh, it's also a ball-based Metroidvania platforming <laughs> game where you get different powers over the course of it to get through different areas. And um, it's also a game that I play again every now and then. And sometimes I just find super frustrating because sometimes ping-ponging a ball around is just way more irritating than having a character you directly yeah. control. Absolutely. Um, what'll be interesting is when we eventually come to the game Rolling Sun uh, in the list because oh, that yeah. is a platformer where you would play as a ball. Nice. <laughs> that one seemed more straightforward, though. Like, you showed us the trailer for that and it seemed just kind of... Uh, it's a physics-y puzzle-y game. Like, it felt more like a wooden labyrinth yeah. game than anything else. Um, I, I do want to say that uh, Yoku's Island Express, all reviews on Steam, overwhelmingly positive. Recent reviews, very positive. So, I mean, this is up a lot of people's alley. Yeah. It just wasn't mine. Yeah, and it got an 84% on Metacritic as well. So, like, it is a very positively reviewed game all around. It makes a great impression. Like it, I think that it does pinball Metroidvania the best it possibly be could it could be done. I think the problem is that I, I don't need. I think you know what I'm about to say. Go ahead and say it yourself. Pinball and Metroidvania don't go together. Yeah. Exactly. It's just it's you did the best I think you could possibly do meshing these genres together. I think pinball platformer was. That would have been uh, ambitious enough. Yeah. I think it but would have been better as well. The, uh, the exploration and the backtracking is the problem. If this was Adventure Island 1, but a pinball yeah. game, you know, instead of Symphony of the Night, but a pinball game. Now, one mechanic that didn't work as well as I thought it should have for me, and it could have just been my reaction time, I'll give it that, was the sootlings, when you had to go get your own sootling. Mm-hmm. And then you... I, I actually have a note of this in my own notes. This is exactly that. It, I wrote, quote, some of the power-ups are ill-conceived. In particular, the sootling and carnivorous plant is just too hard to control in time. Yeah, that was a pain in the ass. And it wasn't like getting the, the direction I needed it to go was fine. It was getting the other flower to then clamp onto my ball. Yeah. Did not like to work all the time. And, and then falling, oh my God, you're talking about frustrating. I know you talked about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because there's a section where you have to do the sootling. Because, like, what it basically does is. The beanstalk. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a beanstalk. What you basically do is your sootling, like, it grabs onto the thing and then you spin in a fast circle in which you have to release your finger from the trigger at the right time to make it go at the angle that you want it to to catch on to another plant. And repeat that process where you spin on a circle on there and have to release it at the correct angle. And to get up this one, you had to hit at least six in a row that were off. Yeah. They weren't just straight up and down. It was at off angles that were kind of difficult to see and get to. And I think six times with that mechanic is just a lot to ask. And then it's really frustrating when you fall to the bottom and you have to start at number one again and go all the way up to six. Yeah, and... Getting the ball to go where you want, I I akin it to like throwing a bolo, mm-hmm. 
where it's like you have to let it go before you think that way when it comes up and the momentum keeps taking it the way you want it to go yeah it, it was a pain in the ass man <laughs> i had a problem with this the whole time i'm not great with the general physics of pinball either so like i just i i feel like I've reached a point in this game where me not being good with the physics of what's going on ended up hindering my enjoyment of the yeah. game. Like, especially the uh, boss battle for the oh, space the spider. Mix. Like I-, I could not hit that ramp easily that, at all to get back up to where the spider was that fucking spider. Oh my God. I mean, all the bosses Dude. were pretty similar to that one, Dalton, since I know that's the only one you got to, they were all fairly similar. Yeah. When I beat that spider, I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, I get it. I get it. But, man, that shit was way more difficult than it needed to be. And it might have just been I suck at pinball trying to get the ball to go where I want it to go. But, you like, the fact that you had to, like, knock both its legs, then get a slug, which you already we already talked about how annoying the slug shit was. And then you had to hit up and hit the spider. And if you missed or if your slug blew up, the spider put its legs back out and you had to do it all over again. <sighs> oh, I did not know that he put its legs back out if you lost the slug. I managed to pull at least I that off too, every time. Thankfully. But I I ran a whole bunch of times in a row trying to get the slug down to the bottom level because I didn't, I couldn't, the first time I tried to hit the spider with a slug, it didn't do anything. I didn't realize I had to get its legs out from it first. So I spent a long time trying to get a slug down to the bottom level to get the little middle block. It turns out that just gives you a, uh, a, a wormling or whatever. Uh, and all... And I was so mad at that point because I'm like, wait, this I thought that was the puzzle. Yeah, the spider will also put its legs back out if you accidentally hit yourself up and it catches you. And then it does damage mm-hmm. and spits you back out. I didn't know he which had I, you I, either. I was going to say, I guess neither that didn't happen no. either. Y'all. So y- y'all did way better at that fight than I did. But uh, I just got lucky and lucky. <laughs> that was the third boss fight either yeah. of us had done. Oh. Oh, yeah, I really went the wrong way. Okay. Um, was... So since both of you guys beat it, was getting that badge, like, what did that badge do? I want to get to that, but I wanted to talk about the other power-ups before we got to there. Um, So there was one more major power-up in the game, which was called the Dive Fish. And what that did... So so you can go underwater. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So (laughs) basically what that does is if you get it and you mash your um, noisemaker button you'll swim underwater and it takes you down and you can actually control left and right. It feels like you're swimming in a video game rather than playing pinball. So that is one point where the mechanics are more platformer than pinball because it feels like an underwater level in a video game. Except for the fact that in most video games when you mash the button you go up and this one when you mash the button you go down. And everybody and I mean everybody loves an underwater level in a video (laughs) game, right? Yeah. <laughs> they weren't too bad, the sections underwater, because they were pretty fairly short, because I think the game really wanted you to get back to the pinball. But there were some underwater stuff that you could do, but it didn't really feel inspired or that good to do, in my opinion. I saw a bunch of the fruits underwater, and I'd see them, and I'm like, how the fuck do you get to those? Do you need to fall and then sink down there and quickly try to swim around? Like what? The- you could, I, I did do that at the beginning of the game to get a couple fruits <laughs> at one point. <laughs> um, and so, basically, that's all the things in the game. Um, other than that badge that you were talking about, which, in order to get the badge... Willie, did you get the badge? Yeah. The Postmaster's badge? No, I delivered one. Yes, yeah, so you had packages. to deliver three special packages. Like these were called overdue packages in the game, and you had to deliver three of them to different um, residents of the island. 
Um, the problem with it is they are enormous fetch quests. You hit the first point of it. It tells you, oh, hey, before you... It tells you to go yeah, do something else. it tells you to go else, do something yeah. else before you can deliver this package um, because this person left and went somewhere else. Or um, So... It, you need to look like a bee to get mm-hmm. into the beehive. There's these huge fetch quests where you had to go all these different places to deliver this one package. You had to do that three times, and you also had to deliver at least 30 letters into the mailboxes in the game, which was another thing we didn't really talk about much, but you're a... Yeah, I like you're a postmaster. You carry letters around with you and jam them into a post box that gives you some fruit and points to your completion of the game. Um, and a sense of progress. Yeah, I, really I, thought I didn't mind nice. that at all. Um, but so you get 30 of them and those deliver those three packages you get the postmaster badge what the postmaster badge does is it says it has an inscription on it that means the wind will always be at your back it makes you travel faster on um, ground so slightly it's not even a huge difference but like you know how you roll the ball around the ground it makes you go faster which would have been really damn nice to have early in the game when you had to do all the traveling you were doing yeah so oh. you get that after you've done all the traveling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really ill-conceived, in my opinion. Being able to move faster should have been something they gave you earlier in the game as a reward for beating a boss or something. Because when you get it in the game, it just feels really out of place at the fact that this is when you get it. Here's how I think I would have done it, right? You start the game, you go through that little tutorial area, you get to that, you go deliver the packages... You get the postmaster's badge, and all of a sudden, something has happened to the god, and you know you got to go, and that's when you start going to trying to find the elders and stuff. Like I think if they would have taken those and swapped them, mm. that would have worked a lot yeah. better. Yeah, and so that's really most of the mechanics of the game. And like I said, the story is fairly simple. What happens is you get there, the god has been attacked, and you need to find the elders to bring them together to perform a ritual to save the god, and. Um, so that's what you do is you end up going to all these three, fight three different bosses to help these um, elders out and bring them all together back at the town. Um, once you get back to the town, they start performing the ritual to heal the god. And Willie, would you like to cover what happens there since you just experienced it before we started recording? Sure. I mean, uh, how explicit of spoil? You know, I'm not going to say, say spoilers. spoilers. I'm just going to say that. Uh, yeah, don't worry about it for this game. Basically, the God Slayer, the one that delivered the initial attack, shows back up and does the attack. And lo and behold, it is someone that you've been with in this entire game. Surprise! You don't care. It's it's not that Yeah, big it's big not big. shocking. <laughs> it's like, Kickback turns out to be the God Slayer. The little... Kickback poop being the character that plugs the what? hole that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yep. Kickback. Yeah. It grows really? these huge claws and it's all scary looking and then you have to do another boss fight. To beat the game, essentially. And it's a boss fight similar to the rest of them. Uh, I don't really have anything unique or special to say about that. Not, it was very much the same as the other boss fights. It was actually Kick easier back. than most of them, in my opinion. Yeah, I just kind of used mechanics that you'd used in all of them before. Yep, Kickback is the I'm final boss. I'm ba- fucking baffled. We're, we're not fucking I'm kidding. I'm fucking baffled right now. <laughs> it, it, it was very anticlimactic. It was kind of a big bummer for me at least yeah um yeah because i was i don't know like I, I when you said the ending was a little disappointing i was expecting like we don't get a fight against the god slayer and i was kind of disappointed by the identity of the yeah. god slayer like it didn't need to do that it 
just give us a god slayer worth slaying gods. I mean, they, Let, give us a god slayer that we want yeah, to slay back. Not our little buddy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, like, I summed up this game on the notes with one paragraph, and it's like, cool concept, cool idea, cool execution, not for me. Uh, longer I played it, more I didn't want to be playing it, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I think it had the potential, like we said, to be good either way, but together just didn't, it didn't click. Yeah. Um, I, I liked the look of the game, though, I do want to say that. Yeah. Like, the aesthetic was nice. Yeah, the aesthetics are fantastic. The music, the sound, the uh, graphics, the art—it does a lot of things right. It just yeah, yeah, and I agree with all that. And I want to say like I was the first one to beat the game out of the three of us. Obviously, Dalton didn't beat it. I beat it a like a I'm actually just a couple days into starting playing it, and Willie beat it tonight. So originally, I thought you know I beat yeah. the game. I don't think this is the true ending. So one thing we didn't mention is there's these little things called wickerlings that you can pick up along the way. Um, that you find and I think if you collect all the wickerlings and light the torches that are associated with the wickerlings that you get some kind of true ending so I set off to start doing that and every I just started enjoying the game less and less and less the more and more I played it so I just set it down and stopped because I was like I don't want to I don't want this to become such a huge chore yeah, when I was about a third of the way through the game, I thought, this is a game I'm going to want 100%. And then I really just wanted to go for yeah. the ending. Yeah. Um, if like, it, it's it's a bright, shiny apple, and the shine wears off after a while. Apparently, there might be a true ending from what I'm gathering on Google, but I don't have any any inkling to go There to certainly it. is. I looked at the achievements. There is absolutely a true ending, and... I don't think that getting all the uh, wickerlings is even enough because those are two different really? numbers. Oh man, yeah, I'm over it. I'm not doing it. I can't. Like, I thought about it and then I realized, hey, I've started playing Metroid Dread today. You know what? If I'm gonna 100% an exploration game, it's gonna be Metroid. Yeah, yeah, I don't you guys know it. me. Like, I'm a completionist in a lot of games. If I really enjoy a game, I go for 100% completion. I got all the Steam achievements in Dragon Quest 11 <laughs> before we finished yeah. recording our episodes for the podcast. <laughs> so it's not like that. That's not something that I go for. It's just I just don't think it's worth it in this game. Yeah. Um, let's do some ratings. I think I would give this game six and a half sootlings out of Yoku's. I think I'm going to give this game the highest score out of all of this. I still think that it did a really good job with what it did. It's just, it, it was as good as this fusion of concepts should have, could have possibly been. It's just, this proves that the proof of concept is that the concept isn't there. Uh, I I have to give it a six and or seven and a half out of ten because I really actually really liked the game's idea. It just it was a seven and a half game because you did a ten out of ten game in a seven out of ten genre. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but at the end of the day, the enjoyment that I had just faded fast. And that's saying a lot for a game that took like four and a half, five hours to beat. Um, so like you said, the concept just wasn't there. I think they executed their concept magnificently, but the concept just wasn't great. And I'm actually giving this the lowest score out of everybody. I'm giving it a straight six slugs out of Dive Fish. 
Okay. And this was my pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, so yeah, send your hate tweets at Turtle Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed playing it. I just definitely do not intend to no, play it. I again. don't think I'll ever open this one again. <clears throat> um now before we get into some house cleaning, I have a uh, a question. Do we want I, I don't remember if we decided this or not. Do we want to do Plague Tale next week? Or do we want to do Midnight Mysteries Haunted Houdini? Or do we want to save Haunted Houdini for the next really long game and just go ahead and knock out Plague Tale? That sounded like we're Yeah, we're I think at, we're going right? for Plague Tale next. Alright, then next week's going to be a Plague Tale Innocence, and that's that should be fun. I'm looking forward to being scared. I think there's some scary elements to it. Not that it's a horror game. It might be. I don't really know, but I guess we'll see. Um... Then let's jump into some house cleaning, gentlemen. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Spotify added reviews. So, like, if you're a listener, if you would kindly go uh, pop us in a review on iTunes or Spotify, that would be great because, you know, those five-star reviews really help us uh, in the algorithm and all of that jazz. And the almighty algorithm, would, I would like it to work in our favor a little. That'd be nice. <laughs> um, so do that. Um, Just once. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, the Discord link, uh, bit.ly slash TSMP Discord. Come join. Vote on what games you guys want to hear about. Uh, we do the poll where we let Steamy, the randomizing robot, pick five games from our list of games, and then you guys vote on them. Um, and I would also like, you know, if you're interested in the Fantasy League, please get with me on Discord. So we can try to set that up. Uh, also, um, yeah, because it's it sounds like something fun to do, but I want to make sure there's some like enthusiasm between it before we just start it up. With just three <laughs> yeah. Of us, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. I want it to be a community thing. So if the community's not into it, then I'll just yeah. you know do the one that I'm doing and just do the little report on it anytime new anything new comes up on it. Um, Patreon, if you would like to join the Patreon, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, you could do one dollar a month, and it gets you the episodes early. Um, and you get to hear our little banter that we do beforehand. Uh, and I'd like to give a special shout out to our Patreons that do $10 or more a month. Uh, Nate's for Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper, Jeff, the original expendable himself, himself, old Jeffy lube. And he's back. Uh, he's back from vacation. And Welcome he home. is back from vacation, safe and sound. Hope he had a good time in Tampa. I'll have to bug him about it next time he comes on. Cause he was in my neck of the woods. Uh, and Arisa Adam, shout out to his podcast, revival and extinction. Uh, Welcome back, Revival of And if you want to join the Patreon, it is patreon.com slash the Steam Machine Podcast. Uh, you want a shirt? You want a cool-ass shirt with our logo on it? Hell, you can even get like some shoes with our logo on it. Maybe a bag, a face mask, a gator, maybe some underwear, socks. Whatever's, whatever floats your boat. You want to get a sock and wear it on your cock? It is tsmpproductions.threadless.com. And you could also get like... Uh, like my merch for my music. Like I have some album cover shirts and stuff up there as well. Um, all of that's there over on threadless. Um, and other than that, I have, uh, well, yeah, if, if you like the show music, uh, Nile, the that's where you can pick up my albums and stuff. Check out the music. Maybe that's your thing. Uh, other than that, I don't have any other things to post. So Nate, uh, I post what the fuck am I talking about? Nate, go ahead and plug your stuff, please, sir. Yeah, I'll post it right here for you, Dalton. Uh, yeah. If you enjoy retro <laughs> games, speedrunning, or just having a good time hanging out with an idiot on Twitch, follow me at TurtleBearMan. You'll also find me on Twitter and TikTok, where I just put up a new TikTok today, and I tweet dumb crap out all the time. So just come find me. 
Hell yeah. What about you, Will? You got anything? Got one to plug? Yeah, man. Uh, so I've just started playing guitar again recently. I'm not plugging my own playing of guitar. I've just started doing fingerstyle guitar recently because I've downloaded a book for it and it's been really fun. So I'm just saying, if you got an instrument that's been laying around that you used to play and you haven't played it in a while, dig it out. Give yourself a chance to experience art again. It's a lot more relaxing than you remember. <laughs> it's just nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, my recommendation for the week is go check out Matt Chat. He just released a new uh, interview with the dev from the Solasta game, which is a uh, 5e D&D-based uh, computer role-playing game, which looks nice. pretty cool. It's on my wish list. And it was a really cool interview uh, to hear that guy kind of talk about you know, like how they did it and being a smaller dev team working on a game and a sea of RPGs that are AA and AAA, you know, so... It was really cool. Check it out. Matt Chat on YouTube. Matt Barton. He's a good dude. Uh, other than that, gentlemen, I believe that's it. I think we did it. Another one in the can. Uh, looks like next week will be a Plague Tale Innocence. We'll see how that goes and everything. Uh, all right. Well, then I am going to wrap this up. We love every single one of you who are listening. And for the Brothers of Destruction, Nate and Willie, my name is Dalton. And until next time, guys, take it easy. You like that I finger point the camera even though nobody can see me? Yeah, you finger it all day, Dalton. (laughs) 